Blog Talk Radio. Look at somebody and say, my Redeemer! Oh, no. 
Well, greetings, greetings, family and friends. Greetings, family and friends. I want to welcome everyone to another episode of Blog Talk Radio. This is Seth, and I do want to thank everyone for thinking about us tonight and stopping by. We really appreciate it, and we'll always be thankful for that. That's why I say every single show, because I'm really, truly thankful that we have people that think about us and uh, come on time. And I see some familiar phone numbers that are always in the house early. Appreciate that. Um, and actually, there's always been two, but it looked like there's a third number from 760 that's always in the house. So you're 760, you know who you are. Uh, the private number, you know who you are. Bubba Jack, you know who you are. That's family, folks. We also have strangers or friends that are uh, of Stone Network. I don't want to overlook you for supporting me over the years and for um also being in the house early, y'all have to forgive me. I've been out of the loop and some of y'all numbers I don't know. Otherwise, I'd call your names out as well. But those family members, we've gotten kind of used to seeing those numbers. So I want to thank everyone for tuning in for another episode of Blog Talk Radio. Uh, Blog Talk Radio, if I can talk tonight. Well, tonight, tonight, tonight is going to be one of those shows that uh, we're going to be uh, – we're just going to be really just talking about what's going on in our country. We're going to be talking about um, uh, what's on your mind, solutions. And I really, really, really want to know what is on your mind, family, and friends of Five Smooth Stones. What's on your mind? Uh, because there's a lot happening in our um, city, in our state, and yes, in our country. And I'm just, it's kind of hard to even figure where to start with this, folks. It's just past right about now. But we're going to take a shot at it. We know that the greatest he that is in us than he that is in the world. And we know that nothing that, nothing that happens on this planet is it, by accident. I know many of you think that's not true, but it is the truth, family. Nothing happens by accident. Okay, the fathers in control always have been, always will be. He is still in control. And guess what, family? He loves each and every one of us. And the Bible says it like this. He would not allow anything to come upon us. He would not allow anything to come upon us. They would give us the strength to go through Okay, though, or it's good to go that we're not able to bear. Same thing. So I just want to encourage friends of Five New Stones as well as family tonight just to know that nothing you see in the news, nothing coming up uh, with these elections, with the conventions, uh, nothing coming up with regards to who's going to be president of this country is going to push the believer, those that trust in the Most High, by uh, off guard. We will be taken care of, and like any good father, our Father will take care of us. He will be there with us every single step. We're not going through nothing our foreparents ain't went through. We ain't seeing nothing our foreparents ain't saw. And we're not feeling anything our foreparents haven't felt. So I just want to encourage friends and family tonight. I also want to remind everybody uh, that's looking for the Douglas Kennedy Family and Friends Network. 
This show tonight really is a show put on by the station, Five Smooth Stones. It is going to be a special where we talk about the state of this country, what should we be doing, how should we look at what's going on. We're going to look into a little bit of prophecy. We're going to look a little bit into, into solutions. Uh, we're going to look in a little bit into what the scripture is telling the believer, how we should be in these evil times. But this is not a family show per se. This is not, you will not hear from Darlene Douglas tonight. You will not hear from William B. tonight. Family, those of you who's looking for a Douglas County family, friends, know if you will not hear from those individuals tonight, next week will be the week we will pick up the Douglas County family, friends, know one of those segments of the show that you're used to hearing from, okay? So last week was a special week. This week is a special. We're just giving uh, ourselves a break. Darling is taking a long, long break. And really I'm taking a break because shows like this come without me even thinking. These are very easy shows for me. not saying I know it all or nothing like that. But I don't have to do as much work with these shows because this is what I've been doing, family, for the last, well, since 2008, since I came back from Ohio, I started to fight using blogs versus marching like I did. I was in over 70 marches in Cincinnati, fighting, 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 going to city council meetings, fighting, 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 going to all types of other meetings uh, with different citizens trying to bring about change, trying to organize. So when I got to Ohio, not having all my uh, partners or my, you know, my little comrades, I had to start doing something else. So I started to fight my way of education, enlightenment, encouraging, alerting, if you will, like a watchman on the wall, your friend, your cousin, that's what he chose to do to fight. And maybe you don't do blogs, maybe you fight in your own way, and I'm going to congratulate you if you do fight, period, how the way the Father leads you. I believe the Father is in Five Smooth Stones, the station I created called Five Smooth Stones. I think he has enabled me to do a lot of good things, meet a lot of good people, and get a lot of pertinent information out there to the comrades in the kingdom, black and white, and they have all other races to combat this evil, come upon our world called the One World Government, that seeks to divide us. It's just a plan of Satan using people, just like we're committed to pursue the kingdom and, and, and follow follow wherever he go and follow his laws and his commandments. There are those that seek to do other than that, that seek to do just the opposite of that. And I consider them our enemies, okay? Not so much them, but the, their program, their agenda. And uh, we call those people the one world government because really, folks, there's only really two people fighting. There's only two entities fighting on this earth. Yes, there's good and evil. Yes, there's Satan and the kingdom of God. I understand that. But when you come down to it, Satan is using people. Satan is using organizations. Satan is not some spook. He is a fallen angel, and he has other fallen angels we call demon spirits. And they are in organizations. They are in planned, wealthy, powerful organizations that we call the one world government. They have been around for a very long time. 
none of us can defeat this this giant by ourselves. So what your cousin do, his name do, what I do is I do logs. Now I do other things in my personal life. You know, I work like everybody else do, and I do things on the job, but you're limited what you could do on jobs because you are supposed to be doing a job. You're not there to be preaching. So I do limited work on jobs, limited work around my neighborhood, and I am free, freest on these blogs. So lately I've been doing family blogs. I've gotten away from five new songs, but here recently I have done two special shows on so we're going to get back to doing more shows on Fire Smooth Stone. Those of you that are on lines that said, you know, that asked me when are we going to start back up doing shows, there you have it. There's the answer. We are going to start back up doing shows. And probably the days I'm looking at right now, the tentative days are Monday and Friday. So we'll do a show on Monday, and we'll do a show on Friday. Now, with the family blog, the Douglas Kennedy Family and Friends Network. We will continue to do this on Tuesday. So that's what is happening, okay? So those of you that have been listening and wondering, because um, uh, I have something like uh, almost 200 followers that get um, emailed and texts sent to them whenever I'm on the air. So you guys, get ready. Your, phone, your phones are going to start lighting up because five new stones are going to start doing it up to three shows a week. That's not going to take from the Douglas Kennedy Family Friends Network. This is my family. They're not going to miss a beat. So don't y'all get don't you get worried, family. You're not going to miss a beat. We're going to continue to do uh, great things on uh, Blog Talk Radio with regards to the Douglas Kennedy Family Friends Network. So just want to welcome those of you that are already on the phone already on the phone line. I can never say it enough. I'm going to always say it. Thank y'all, thank y'all, thank y'all. Um, really appreciate you being early. Really appreciate you being early. So I want to just go ahead and say tonight, we're going to focus on two different things. We're going to do this two different ways. First half of this show, we're going to focus a little bit on the problem. I know you've heard a lot about the problems. All of us don't agree on what the problem is. How can you solve anything unless we be unified and see clearly what the problem is? Okay? So we're going to focus on what is the problem? What is going on in our country? Is it really racially or is it something different? Is it really about, you know, black people not having enough money or economic problem? Is it a a spiritual problem? Is it a mental problem? Is it a culture problem? What is really going on in our nation? Why is it that our lives are not valuable to some people? Why is it our history is not known by many people? Why do African Americans seem to self-hate, be full of self-hate? Why are they seemingly full of self-destruction? Why does it seem to some that whites have it better? Do they really have it better? How do they have it better? What is having it better? What is better? So we want to define 
fine-tune clearly what the problem is. And we are going to do that right now. So, again, I want to thank every single one of you for joining, for stopping by out of your busy schedule to hear what's on uh, what's on the Five Smooth Stones station. Tonight we're doing a special. The name of this show is We Are Never Losing To, Tied With, or Defeated By the Enemy. We are Israel. One more time. We are never losing to, tied with, or defeated by the enemy. We are Israel. Now, many of you might not like to tie in because we are Israel because you're not sure yet. But even if you're not natural Israel, the Bible talks about those that have accepted God in their life and they're following his commandments. And the most important thing is they believe in Christ and have accepted the Father in their life and the following Christ's example of how to please the Father, those people are adopted into the nation of Israel spiritually. The book of Romans calls them spiritual Jews. So you may not be a Jew by religion, excuse me, you may not be a Jew by bloodline, but you can be a spiritual Jew, as Pastor Paul calls it, okay? So, again, the name of this show is We're Never Losing To. Family, we are never losing to. Tied with or defeated by the enemy. And we'll talk about who that enemy is in a little bit. If you're on the phone line and you want to comment at any time, feel free, press 1. I will bring you on. Tonight is open form. I want to hear what's on your mind. Folks, please. Please don't just sit back and listen. Let people know what's on your mind. Our boys are dying at an alarming rate by the cop at the hand of cop and at the hand of each other because the black lives simply don't matter in the United States. So we need to know what you feel is the problem. Why is it our lives don't matter? What do you feel? How do you older? And you have experience in this. You, you've been around the block a few times, and you've seen some things. You know, older people see what you call patterns because there's nothing new under the sun. And after a while, you see the pattern things begin to repeat and repeat and repeat. So you, by virtue of watching repetition, can tell and predict the future. So what do you see? What do you see, those of you that's been around for a while? What do you see? What can you tell the young people today? Listen, I can assure you, family, tonight we got young people listening to this online. Okay, I can tell you right now, we kind of got all kind of area codes already in the house. So we got lots of people already tuned in to five new stones. Let me hear, brother said, it's going to be talking about tonight. Now, there's some other friends of mine that may stop by. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. But tonight I'm fine like I've been doing for three years. Actually, that's not true. It's been more than three years. But sometime back when I started these blogs, I started off doing one-on-one just like I'm doing right now, just me and me and you guys. And uh, we had a blast and and, and everything helped. 
thousands and thousands of people, and that's what's happened tonight. I may have company that I really don't know. I want to start off tonight with a bang by playing a clip, a man that I vehemently disagree with. I vehemently disagree with. He is taking up for the police shootings. Now, tonight, we don't have to focus just on the police shooting, but like I said, the first half of the show, we're going to focus on problems, the problem, the problem, various angles of the problem. And then the next half, we're going to focus on solutions, strong, solid solutions, I believe, from the mouth of the Most High. A lot of people are afraid to say that, but if you're quoting the word, you can pretty much say it's from the mouth of the Most High. So here's Sheriff David Clark uh, being interviewed by uh, Don Lemon of CNN. And I want you to hear this black man defend cops, which is nothing wrong with that because we love cops, don't we? Come on, family and friends. Y'all know we got to love all people. I don't have no hatred in my heart towards cops. Cops are in a lot of black folks' families. How can we hate them? We don't hate cops. We just hate them not valuing black lives, those that have not valued black lives. But that's not all cops. You know, a lot of police officers work hard to keep the peace all their lives. They grew up, and maybe that's what they wanted to do, to bring peace. And why would you dare, dare criticize or demonize police officers? That's not what I'm about. I'm about demonizing both the philosophy of white supremacy in the minds of white police officers as well as some black police officers that cause them families to not value black lives, taking black lives, Sometimes they don't take black lives. Sometimes they just disrespect. That's the higher numbers is a disrespect. Everybody don't die. Some people just rape. Girls are mistreated. Boys are robbed by cops. They take their money. They take their drugs. Sometimes they turn around and sell on the streets. Cops are into selling drugs themselves, especially in the city of Cincinnati, which is the capital, I believe, is the capital of police misconduct. Cincinnati, Ohio, no city can touch on no level. Well, here's David Clark, a black sheriff defending the police. I'd like to know what y'all think of this gentleman after I'm done playing this. Check this out. He's been in his team and now let me be right back with our breaking news tonight, three officers dead, three wounded in Baton Rouge, a really tough day for Baton Rouge and for the country, really. Here to talk about how to keep our police safe is Sheriff David Clark of Milwaukee County, Wisconsin. He is going to be speaking at the Republican Convention tomorrow night. Sheriff, thank you uh, very much for that horrific day. I spoke to uh, the heads of the Sheriff Department, the Police Department, and uh, the state police down there, and they told us how their hearts were reeling. Their message is peace and coming together in the country. What's your message? <laughs> you don't believe that for one minute, do you? That their message is? Yeah. Uh, that's what they said to me. Okay. Yeah, believe them. Of Any protests over the deaths of these cops today in Baton Rouge? I don't know that. I don't know that. Any riots or protests over the uh, uh, police officers in Dallas, Texas? What are you asking? It's a pretty simple question. I asked you if what's your message to the people, their message is one of peace. What is your message? My message has been clear from day one two years ago. This anti-cop sentiment from this hateful ideology called Black Lives Matter has fueled this rage against the American police officer. I predicted this two years ago. So what I, what I, what I want to know, sure? okay, Sharon, do I want to know? With all due respect, do you know that this was 
because of that? Do we yes, I do. As a law enforcement officer? I've been watching this for two years. I predicted this. This anti-police rhetoric sweeping the country yeah. has turned out some hateful things inside of people that are now playing themselves out on the American police officer. I want to know, with all of the black-on-black -black violence in the United States of America, by the way, when the tragedies happened in Louisiana and Minnesota, you know that 21 black people were murdered across the United States? Well, the, well, there was was there any reporting there on that? a black officer who was killed today. But let's, let's, was there any reporting on Sheriff, that? Sheriff, please, let's just, keep, let's just keep the volume down here. So I understand, and I and listen. I don't I got, I'm I looking don't at disagree. three dead cops uh, this week, Sheriff, and I'm looking at five last please. year. You're trying to tell me to keep it down? Just please, if you will just please. We can keep it civil. So because we admit the message to people at home, I'm sure you want is one of civility. I wish, Don. I, I wish I you like had that have, message of like civility. I would like to have a conversation toward this with you. hateful ideology. These purveyors you of don't hate. Know what my message is? That's what, what I want they to say do. to you is these well, people let me preach are you going to get a word and in? virtue we'll be right in the back. name We're of go to hate. And we'll be right back. Are you going to let me talk? We need to now live with Sheriff David Clark uh, of uh, Milwaukee County, Wisconsin. We're here live in Cleveland. Uh, you're set to speak tomorrow night. And again, all I want to do is have a conversation. I can't have a conversation with you if we're both talking at the same time. What it sounds like to me is that you're accusing me of violence and supporting something, a narrative that I'm not necessarily in support of. And if you're, if that's what you're accusing me of violence, then you can leave. That's not true. I don't support violence of any type against police officers, against anyone. So if you're accusing me of that, then you're welcome to leave. But if you want to have a conversation, I am more than willing to welcome a conversation with you. I don't disagree with you about there is a narrative across the country that could be harming uh, police officers. But we don't know right now as it's someone who's in law enforcement, if that was the actual cause of it. Go ahead. Let me ask you this. Do we know that, the, that generally the American law enforcement officers are racist? Do we know this? Go on. I ask a is question. That, is that, is that, do I know if American general law enforcement are racist? Yeah. I don't think anyone is accusing. If you're, if you're insinuating that people are accusing or saying that law enforcement across this country as a whole are racist, then your assumption is wrong. First and of all, this whole anti-police rhetoric is based on a lie. There is no data, and you know this, there is no data, there is no research that proves any of that nonsense. None. Even it's, you'd have to be more specific about what data and what nonsense you're talking about. That law enforcement officers treat black males different than white males in policing in these urban There centers. is data that's there is not data. No, the the president the president spoke about it. Cedric Alexander. The who president is law has been officer. lying about it. He said it again the other day when he said black males are two times more likely to be shot by a law enforcement officer than white males. Don, that is a lie. That is not a lie. It the is a lie. Yes. Show the me. Research show that, me. The research show that, it we to me, have, that we have from the Washington Post that, that the Washington Post study debunked that nonsense. There's also research. He also said Sheriff, this, Don. There's also research he continues. a Harvard professor that also showed that black people are treated more aggressively by police officers. No, you are wrong people. in your interpretation of that Harvard study because I read the study. That's not what he said. He that said he was surprised to find he was surprised that to find that in shootings, 
of the, of the most severe in shootings that he found no evidence that there was a difference. Also, it should be noted that that study was a very small sampling of police departments across the country. Many people did not find it credible, but it is also interesting that in that research, he found that blacks were treated differently when it came to aggressive policing, but for the most egregious shootings, he found no difference. That's what that study showed. Well, based on what, just generally? Are we talking about high crime areas? Are we talking about police, police officers being under attack? Because let's go back to where this whole thing started in Ferguson, Missouri. Sure. The sure. lie was hands up, don't shoot. lumping a whole bunch of things into one. If okay. we can do one specific That's thing where this whole it, phony movement we'll started. It. it started out as hands You're up, don't shoot. You're talking about Black Lives Matter. Right. Okay. So if you, if you want to, if you, you would need to speak to someone who is a member of Black Lives Matter about whether they have perpetrated a fraud on the American people. That's up to Black Lives Matter. That's not me. I'm neither, neither a member of Black Lives Matter, I'm either a supporter or someone who doesn't support them. I simply report on Black Lives Matter. Do you condemn the anti-police rhetoric coming from this hateful ideology? As a journalist sitting here on television, I don't have to condemn anyone, that, anything. That is something that well, you I do. ask. Well, I Other do. people around the country I condemn their them jobs to condemn Just that. like I condemn the hateful ideology out of groups like the KKK. All right? I condemn it. There is no place in American discourse for that sort of vile, vitriolic hate coming out of this ideology. This has fueled and fanned the flames of this anger toward the American police officer. There's only one group in America, one time, that truly cares about the lives of black people in these urban ghettos. And it's the American police officer who goes down there on a daily basis, puts their life on the line to protect who? Black people. So when you say we just want to have a conversation, let's have a conversation about the black on black crime, which kills more black males, which is more of a threat to any black male in the United States. Than a, than, a, than a law enforcement officer. Sure. Yes, that's a, whole, that's a different conversation. We can walk and chew gum at the same time. There's an issue when it comes to violence. Black on black crime, or black, it's, it's crime. White people kill white people, tend to kill uh, white yeah. people. You know, black people tend not to kill black people. Not, not in the well, numbers. Not in the numbers. I don't conversation. care who white that people are killing. That is a different killing. conversation than police brutality. And we're not having that conversation right now. What and police, again, I want, what, I want to be very clear with you. This. I condemn what, all violence of any type, was, just for the record. Was the situation between Mike Brown and Darren Wilson, was that police brutality? But we're not talking. Yes Donald or no? Darren Wilson. I am. No, if you're asking me, if you're asking me what the Justice Department showed, the Justice Department showed that, de that it exonerated Officer Darren Wilson, and that the hands up, don't shoot narrative was a false narrative. That has been reported by and CNN that and by others. Was another phony report. What does that, that have to do debunked. with Baton Rouge, Louisiana? All right, because when you take in what does that have when you to do take with in Baton Rouge, Louisiana? rates of involvement in violent crime, in crime in general, but violent crime. You're going to see that black males are overrepresented, yeah. overrepresented yeah. in terms of being involved in violent crime. That's going to mean sure. more arrests. That's going to mean more people going to prison. This stuff has already been debunked. Sure. That's a different conversation. Every one time, many every don't, time that you many, don't have a response to something I say, you say it's not that I don't have a response to you. Is that we're having two different conversations. I'm talking about. 
I'm asking the questions here. You're answering the questions by asking questions about some other subject that we're not discussing. We're talking about a this hateful ideology called Black Lives Matter. You said you're not a member. You can't be a member. It's not that, an organization. That's no what you're talking about. It is an ideology, and it is a hateful ideology. I understand it's a very These individuals, these individuals, and Sheriff, we, we appreciate you coming on. They preach Thank you. vile and vitriol in the name of virtue. Thank you, Sheriff. We appreciate it. We understand it's a very tough time for you. We'll be right back.
Fox Network is not a fair network. Many people have come to that understanding. I mean, even some of our white brothers and sisters are saying the exact same thing. So with El Sheriff David Clark, again, you're listening to Five Smooth Songs, a special show tonight. We're not doing the Douglas Canada Family Friends Network. That's the show right now that the Five Smooth Songs station is doing predominantly just that particular show. But we're not doing that family show tonight. Tonight is not a family show. I don't recommend kids to be listening because this is a show for the public. We don't know who is going to come on that phone line and press one. It could be all types of profanity spoken tonight. I don't stop people. I let them express themselves because uh, I learn sometimes when you do that, people don't be real. They don't. They don't. They just don't call your show. And if they do call your show, they don't speak. So I just let people just be what they are. It's not church per se. Okay. You know, I just want to get crazy with it, and, you know, so crazy to me, I've been out stopping. But, it's, you know, if I hear a hell all damn here and there, I don't get being out of shape. And we shouldn't either, to be honest, um, because we got to understand what is going on with our people. And our people are in a lot of pain. Many of you listen tonight, you're in a lot of pain. Some of you tonight are in a lot of fear. A lot of black males fear the police. They fear the police. And uh, I'm concerned about them myself when they get behind them. I keep an eye on them. An extra eye on them. I look a little harder than probably the next person because um, I just don't trust them. But however, you know, somebody in the next another car is of another background. I don't think they have the same experience. So there's a lot of uh, concern going on. So I just want to talk a little bit more about the problem. I'm gonna talk a little bit about something I hit on last week, but I wasn't able to cover it. Like I really wanted to, I just mentioned it kind of briefly, but I just want to um, just hit this a little harder uh, about uh, this whole mindset of, of white uh, of white supremacy. You know, I want to talk about. I want to conduct this show tonight again. First half is going to be about the problem. Second half is going to be about the solution. Right now, we're in the problem. And I want to talk about those that are killing our young people. The mindset. Many people go to church. Many people are in. Uh, all types of organizations that's pro-black. I mean, not pro-black, but they work with youth here and work with youth there. And then you look up and you don't shop some youth, black youth. What is going on? How could that happen? Well, I want to try to bring some madness, to, some some sanity to some madness, so to speak. I want to undemonize these police officers because a lot of them are good people, if you can buy that. A lot of these people have been so brainwashed about us. Some of these families, just bear with me, just, just put up with my foolishness. It's going to sound foolish for a minute, but just tolerate me for a minute. Some of our brothers and sisters that happen to be police officers, of, and I, I'm going to talk tonight without talking about color because it ain't just abuse by white officers. Even black officers is just as rough. It's, it's a, the abuse is coming from a lot of different officers, and all of them have this those that can abuse a black man for no reason or for a, something really stupid. I'm not talking about tonight's family. Just ignore all of the black folks that act a complete fool. Those people need to be handled by the police the way, you know, especially if they're threatening life police officers, shooting at police officers. Let's not talk about any of those kind of young people tonight. Tonight. Let's talk about those young people that are doing what they're told to do, okay? All right, I just want to focus just on those right now, those that were doing what they were supposed to do, okay? 
Now, if their rights are abused, let's talk about those officers that abuse those people, okay? And then we can understand, I think, the other officers as well. Let me just say this, family. Some of us older people do not like the young people. We don't. I'm talking about black people. We have very little, little tolerance for people with gold teeth, that hang around street corners, hang out at stores. We just don't care for them. You all know it's the truth. Put a little music on the background. As you know, I like to do that. Well, folks, listen. <laughs> Many of us have trouble with young people. We just, we just ain't down with them. We don't like them. We think that they need to just change everything about them. We don't like the way they dress. We don't like the way they talk. We don't like what they talk about. We don't like, we don't like anything about them. Now, that's black people. So how do you think some white people that don't understand our culture like we do, that don't understand our young people to the degree we understand them, how do you think they look at us? I'm trying to undemonize the police for a second. I'm trying to show you how the problem isn't these people are devils. I disagree with you, Roger Mon. I don't believe white people are devils. I think the white people have devilish mentality. But that same mentality can be found in blacks. Most of your pains, and I'm talking to whites and blacks tonight because that's what listening to five smooth songs. I know there's some white people somewhere on this line. I get both. So I have to talk to everybody tonight. Point supremacy is what I'm attacking. I'm not attacking one single white person at all. I just had on Sheriff Clark, David Clark, and that man is a white supremacist if I never heard of one. Now, he don't walk around with a white sheet on, and he probably don't even like the Klan. But the mentality, the self-hatred, the, the devaluing uh, of black lives, it all stems from white supremacy. That's what we learn to hate ourselves, not be patient with ourselves, not respect our businesses, not respect black, not respect Africa. We get that from the content, excuse me. From uh, uh, this education we've gotten, this so-called education we got, that's where we get it from. So David Clark, uh, as I played earlier, is just a, a clear example of uh, 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 one of us that has has the same mindset. So I'm not attacking people; I'm attacking the mindset. But let's go back to the mindset of of how we are. Let's talk about how black people treat black people for a second. And if you can understand the self-hate from black to black. From black elders to black young people. From black middle age to black young people. From black young people to black young people. The hate, the, the impatience, the devaluing, the, 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 the name calling. If you can see the vicious hate that other ethnic do not display to the degree we do. Maybe you can understand why so many of our lives are being lost. Friday and Saturday nights with police officers and with young black males, which I, like I said last week, are the number one killers of African-American males, young other African-American males. So let's talk about this self-hate that we as a people have towards each other, and I think you'll get a revelation on what white people are left to do. If they don't value us, it's for a reason, folks. I'm going to tell you all something, like I said last week, God made us perfect. Ain't nothing wrong with us. If we 
take drugs is for a good reason. The drugs ain't a good thing, but the reason we take drugs is a good reason. If we kill, killing is never good. It's just not good. But the reason we kill is good. I don't know if you all get what I just said. Again, to kill a person, I'm not saying it's a good reason. Excuse me. To kill a person is against the Bible, is against my belief system, is against everything in me. I disagree with it unless it's self-defense, okay? But oftentimes when people feel the need to kill, it's for something. As one minister said, that they already have died inside. And out of that feeling, that loneliness, that hole that's missing, they take another person's life. This minister was saying that you cannot commit any crime unless it's done to you, unless you feel that same kind of pain. Rob somebody unless you feel robbed. You can't murder unless you feel murdered. You can't. And I like that. And let's just stick with that for a second. You'll see why a lot of this is going to make a, a, a lot more sense as I go on, Okay. Again, this is we're talking about the first half. For those of you just coming into the uh, 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 this whole forum, just know that uh, Five Smooth Stones is putting on a special show tonight. And uh, right now we're going to be talking about the problem in the first half and then to get into the solution in the second half. So I want y'all to listen and talk a little fast because I don't want to I don't want to stay focused. Uh, I don't want to stay focused too long on the problem because we definitely want to talk about the solution. We, I'm telling you right now, I'll give you a little hint, a little tease uh, uh, about the solution. We have family over. <laughs> we are so not destitute, not uh, uh, hopeless, not without answers. And, and, and um, uh, God is just good to mankind. We don't lack for nothing. We really don't lack for nothing. We really don't lack for nothing. We just have to believe and uh, trust him and uh, just apply the blessings he has already given to us. So tonight, tonight, uh, let's get into deeper this mindset of the killers, uh, black and white. Tonight, it don't really matter what color they are because they both are killing our people. African-Americans as well as whites are killing and other ethnic groups are mistreating Hispanics, definitely throw them in there. They're killing our people. So I'm talking about the mindset right now. We play David Clark and we're gonna play some more clips. But right now let's get into the mindset. I wanna undemonize you. I want you to see white supremacy so clear that you can almost see why they don't value black lives. I just want, because some of y'all just don't understand, how can they just shoot somebody? Well, I know value, folks. We, like Farrakhan said, I said this last week as well, we've been painted as a boogeyman. We've been painted as the problem. We've been painted as the, the, uh, the weight, uh, uh, weight in this, in this country. You know, we're just in everybody's way that's trying to build this wonderful country. Black people are just simply in the weight. We're in the way. We're weight in the way. Okay, so that's how they look at us. They just don't have value. But check this out: it ain't just white people that black people feel the same way when they look a lot about older people. Look at our youth. So, what's the solution? Let's get into this just a little bit. We hit the problem a little bit more, but I just want to say one little thing here about the solution. And there's a reason I'm doing this. You'll see what I mean here in a little bit. We're still on the problem, but I just want to say one thing. Until people know. Our true contributions as a people, 
there's no way in the world we're going to have value. Okay? Now that I said that, let me go back, flip the page back, and hit on the problem a little more. There's a reason I said that. Family, we have young people living in our homes, and they are not producing some of them like we want them to. And um, what do y'all do about that? You know, when our young people, I'm talking about from, uh, I'm talking about eight years old, nine, ten, um, some of mostly black males, you know, how young girls, black girls are, seem like they're smart from, from Jump Street. And you see young black boys, they put in special ed, they're labeled, all these labels in high school. There's a lot of special ed going on with young black boys. Okay. Look at the impatience. Look at the um, the disrespect they get from um, their peers for that. Okay, I'm trying to show y'all a pattern here. I'm trying to show y'all a pattern of hate, disrespect from us towards our own people. And if we're doing that, what do you think whites are going to do? And why do both of us do that? Okay, so that's one thing right now. I'm trying to get into the psyche. Of our people, and I'm going to make it real simple. You don't have to be no, you know, um, you have to understand no big words. I'm not going to use no psychological phrase. I'm just going to use everyday behavior that you can see crystal clear that we are using our own people just like those cops are. Okay, that's what I'm going to do. It's not a fact. That's why a lot of these young boys are in trouble in the first place, running from the cops, where the cops got to be pulling them over in the first place. A lot of times when they've been in trouble, it's because what the family done done to them. It's what the family done done to them, the family done rejected them, the family done oppressed them, the family done uh, treated them unlike God, like a, a, a child of God, and they're acting out. The fathers wasn't there to take care of them and, and, and to be there and to provide for them and to do the things that fathers do. And so when these young boys start acting out, guess who's there? The police are there. Okay? So... The disrespect, the self-hate, the, the, the murder starts before they're actually murdered. A lot, of, a lot of young people is walking dead anyway. I know y'all know that. A lot of them, they don't have no value no way. I mean, they, they just, a lot of these young boys is just time bombs walking. They really don't have no reason to live, they think, because they've been listening to that voice. They've listened to the voice of the enemy, and they don't believe in uh, themselves. They don't. They, when they look in the mirror, they don't see uh, potential. Okay, so the self-hate. Here's where the murder starts. Here's where the murder starts. Here's where the killing starts. Again, I'm looking at the phone lines. If you, any of you have any questions or comments, you're more than welcome to press one of the phone lines, and we'll bring you on as soon as possible. Not a problem. Okay. So if you have any phone, if you have any questions or comments, press one on the phone lines. I'm just sharing here tonight. About um, our topic, which is uh, our the title is, we are never losing to, tied with or defeated by the enemy, even when all of us we are victorious. And I'm going to show share how that is so uh, when we start talking about the solution. So right now we we're trying to agree and be crystal clear on what exactly is the a problem. So when we fire this arrow, it will hit the center. Okay, when we fire. We will hit our target. We have to know what is the problem, family and friends. Okay? So, you got hate, disrespect, 
low self-esteem as a child. I mean, from birth, it starts. Babies being had out of wedlock, babies being had unwanted, you know, father leaves. That, that goes the first murder right there. There goes the first bullet, you know. There's the first blow, you know, and then the parents get upset and get sometimes uh, weighed down by the cares of raising a, a single a child alone without a father. And they start to say little things like, you're going to be like your dad. And they sit in a negative way. You don't sit in a proud way like, your father is a great person. Ha <laughs> ha. You're going to be like your father. They don't say it like that. They say it with envy. They say it with, with, with bitterness and, and resentment and, and hatred. And, and you see these things. Uh, I, I know what I'm talking about, folks. I lived a little bit with it. My mother wasn't always perfect. And, and she had a moments where she was very upset with my father not being there. Just being real tonight. And yes, I mentioned Billy, but our stepfather came along and kind of rescued it. And we had babies I'm talking about black life. I'm all up in the motor right now. I'm in the motor, the engine of our people. I'm into the engine, the psyche, the bowels, if you will, of our people. I'm trying to show you where the killing starts. It don't start with one white guy, you know, on the street, devalues. No, 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 no. This thing starts, this stuff had started long time ago, even even before, even in, I would say slavery, pretty much. Because when we came here, I believe we came here as Israelites. A lot of you don't believe that. I understand that. But I don't think some people that got on those ships, that was forced on those ships, were ignorant people, self-destructive, full of self-hate. I know that to be a fact. And we can talk about that in another show. But anyway, when slavery came along, it, well, that's, that's, that's the white version. Uh, I mean, that's the white uh, part of this equation. That's still black on black uh, uh, disrespect and hatred. And then we'll talk about white people right there. And then we'll talk about white people later. So right now I'm talking about the, the, the abuse that comes from our own, the, the murder that comes from our own, the murder without necessarily graveyard murder. I'm talking about the walking dead. I'm talking about people you live with right now that's in, your, in the room next to you right now, the, the, the son or the daughter or the grandchild or the uncle or the aunt that you see, you just can't get no life out of them. There's something wrong with them, okay? I'm talking about our mindset as a people. Now, you have to have listened to last week's show to understand some things I said because I just can't get too deep into it. But all of this that I'm going to say tonight is prophesied. Everything about African Americans is prophetic. Everything we go through, everything we go through, everything we go through has been prophesied about. Can you believe that? It really truly has. Everything about us is prophetic. What does that mean when I say the word prophetic? I mean, there's a prophecy that there is a people that is going to go through X, Y, Z, and we're going through X, Y, Z. The Jews over in Israel have not went through what we went through. They, what they're going through is not scriptural. What we're going through is scriptural or what we call prophetic. Every single thing we're going through collectively as a people is prophetic. I can prove it. Come on the phone line, ask me, Brother Seth, or friend Seth, what do you mean? How is it prophetic? We do this as a nation. Where does it say that in the Bible? Challenge me. 
press one on your phone line and come on and, and say to me, I don't believe we fit that. If you didn't believe it, just stay put and we'll continue to swing at this thing. But anyway, anyway, family, the hatred, the disrespect that we show, show our, our, our children, not just our children, our wives, our husbands, our cousins, our nephews, our nieces, this is something that was taught to us. Something that was bred in us over many years. And you can see this disrespect even in history when you see, even in the 60s. Don't think because people in the 60s and, and they was unified, more unified than we are. They still have that self-hate. They still have the self-hate. The, 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 the churches gave Martin King Jr. a, a hard time over civil rights. You saying, why are you coming to our city causing all these problems? They was not down with no Dr. King in a lot of those churches. There was fighting. Out. There was a lot of stuff going on. So the self-hate has always been there since the slaves, since the slave master began to teach and train us. It's been there, folks. So. I'm going to get into this a little deeper, and I'm going to hopefully, you know, hopefully you don't see yourself in this, but I'm going to open this up a little bit more. I'm taking, I'm going really slow now. Y'all be patient. We're going to pick up. We're going to swing harder, and then we're going to swing harder, and then we're going to really drop the bomb, okay? We're going to drop the bomb, again, talking about the problem, the first half, and then the second half, we're going to look at the solutions, some strong, solid solutions that I guarantee you will not fail. Yes, you know, the scripture, I'm just going to just put what the scripture say. I'll just put it like that. So, what I'm saying is this. We are brainwashed, folks. We do not know history. I have met very few people that understand that know history. We, have, we only know what we've been taught by white people. We don't know any history about Africa. And until you know history, lots of history, where you can just start talking right now, and next week, this time, you're still talking about the history of Africa, you didn't brainwash. Simple and plain. There's a book called Stolen Legacy. Stolen Legacy. I challenge each and every one of you to go and find a book called Stolen Legacy. Look at the book Stolen Legacy and tell me, are you educated? It's by George James. Stolen legacy is unaccounted everything you've ever heard that Europeans done. George James does a very good job in his work, Stolen Legacy, where he talks about how almost everything you hear about Europe, Europeans, is stolen from the motherland. And I'm not just talking about Egypt. Everybody now we talk like Egypt is the only thing. It's another brainwashing, um, a mis miseducation of history is this thing that only there was Egypt. There was all type of, there was dynasties after dynasties after dynasties before Europe, the, the first European wrote a book. I'm going to tell you all a very good uh, uh, document, documentary on a more realistic view of history. It's called Hidden Colors. Hidden Colors. There's a lot of a lot of them out there, but that's one that's just done recently. And I mean, when you begin to hear the true history of Africa, then it's just not even Africa. Then there's India, the true history of India. I mean, you think those billions, the billion people over there right now, you think they just ain't done nothing all these thousands of years, just sit up and just have taking their babies. I mean, we're miseducated. You know, dark-skinned people have been doing stuff 
since this planet was formed. Now, the only thing we ever hear about is white people, white people, and more white people, and more white people. You know, we hear and we believe some of this crap. You know, we're told about Columbus, and we all in decoded that lie. It took us forever to, 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 to even have a, the backbone and say he didn't discover America. I mean, but it's just stupid that we still quote it. He was from some of y'all, but that's school teachers. You're still teaching that. So all I'm saying is I'm trying to show you how we murder. First, we fired the first gunshot, okay? Some black men have been killed by cops, and we're all up known as we should be. I'm not going to ever belittle that. That is serious. We don't want weaver. We're going to act the fool over one life, and you should. And I'm going to put some clips by Farrakhan and Malcolm X. It's going to really highlight that. But I just want uh, us to really think about the amount of murdering we do to our youth. And I am using the proper language uh, vernacular when I say murder. We destroy our own before the cops even get to them. And oftentimes, that is why they're acting up, talking back, you know, not listening to what we told them as far as how to deal with the cops. This is why they're in rebellion. It's challenging the whole entire system and have a, this is why they're against the world. Like Tupac said, it's me against the world. Where did that come from, me against the world, Tupac? I mean, why, why do you say that? Because... Why do these young boys feel like it's their deal against the world? Why come they don't say me and my family against the world? Because they don't feel like family is there for them like they should be. So they just say it's me against the world. You got to listen. And I know I'm a little bit of a hypocrite here because I don't listen like I do. I mean, you know, I can't stand rap. So <laughs> as a rule, uh, when I hear rap, I just tune it out. But a lot of times, a lot of messages, you're going to have to sit down with family and listen to some of these rap lyrics. You know, just you know, and you maybe in your own problems. You, we need to know what's going on with these young people. And I'm telling you, by some of you right now, when I sit and listen to rap, you know, you probably turn your nose up because you ain't gonna do it. I feel you. I feel you. That's how I feel. But if you don't do that, you have to talk to them. You have to be where they're at. And I'm saying we don't have time. Church don't have time for young people. How many? Whatever church you think, whatever church you go to right now, those of you listening, if you're going to churches, how many young people in churches for real that are really listening and involved? I rest my case. I already know your answer. And most of you, there's probably a few of you that can say, oh, our, young, our church is for young people, and they're having a blast, and they're But not too many churches will say that, especially all black churches. Now, if you ever go into a church that's mixed, I mean, you really don't count. I mean, I'm not saying you don't count, but that's a mixture of cultures. We don't know if blacks is really going to help them out, so I can't use those situations. I'm talking about churches where it's all black. Most cases, I know what our people do because I keep my Instagram. I'm telling you, our young people is not digging church the way most pastors are putting out there. Okay, they're not really spending a lot of time with these young people. Okay, how can you have a church on every block and be effective with young people? It don't even make sense right there. If you have a church on your block, there's something wrong with that picture. Okay, something wrong with that picture. <laughs> so, anyway, anyway. I want to um, just kind of play another clip here, and I want y'all to um, tell me what you think of this. This is going to be Malcolm talking about people that murder, come in and kill our babies, our young men. It's just Malcolm X. Some of you have heard this, but check him out. Just really listen to what he's saying. Really listen to him, what he is saying. Um, I 
will say this about this clip. I vehemently, vehemently agree with him. I think it's intelligent. But I don't think it's the best answer. I don't think it's the answer we need right now. There's a lot of solutions. But I don't think this one we need right now. Check this out. We'll be right back. I want to thank Brother Jesse, Jesse Gray, for the invitation to come here this afternoon and participate in this rally, which I believe is for the good of the community, the good, the good of the black community. And anything that's good for the black community, the white man should realize it is good for his community. Uh, Jesse Gray is one of the key persons in the Harlem area, primarily because he's dealing with one of the key problems, the problem of housing. It doesn't make any difference what else you have. If you don't have some place to rest your head, you're in bad shape. Here in Harlem, the reason we say that housing is such a, a key problem, when you live in a poor neighborhood, you're living in an area where you have to have poor schools. When you have poor schools, you have poor teachers. When you have poor teachers, you get a poor education. And when you get a poor education, you, you are uh, destined to be a, a poor man and a poor woman the rest of your life. Poor education, you can only work on a poor paying job. And that poor paying job enables you to live again in a poor neighborhood. So it's a very vicious cycle. And usually these uh, uh, bad housing conditions result from the fact, as Mr. Gray has pointed out, of absentee landlords, people who are rich and live downtown and let you and I live up here in the shack. Actually, it's a form of 20th century slavery. And what you and I have to let the man know is we are peaceful people. We are loving people. We love everybody who loves us. But we don't love anybody who doesn't love us. We're nonviolent with people who are nonviolent with us. We, but we are not nonviolent with anyone who is violent with us. Once those intentions are made known, we can get to the nitty-gritty of the problem. We can get to the core of the problem. We can get to the root of the problem. And then we can correct the problem. There's been a lot of talk uh, said recently can, when, uh, because I was supposed to have said something about Negroes should buy rifles. White people have been buying rifles all their lives. No commotion. I see an editorial right here in a paper they call the Journal America, one that we happen to have a suit, for, suit against for around $6 million for saying the wrong thing a few years ago. It says that uh, we're, some, we're supposed to be organizing some kind of Negroes to arm themselves with rifles and shotguns for self-defense. America is based upon the right of people to organize for self-defense. This is in the Constitution of the United States. You read it for yourself. Brother James had the Constitution. He brought the Constitution in with him. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, what, what is that? Now, what article is that? <laughs> The Second Amendment to the Constitution uh, spells out the right of people under this particular governmental system to have 
arms to defend themselves. All of you know I'm not an integrationist. I'm a believer in the Honorable Elijah and follower of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. I'm still a Muslim. My religion is Islam. I run into some obstacles in the nation of Islam, and I feel that I can best serve the Honorable Elijah Muhammad's purpose and program and carry into uh, existence what I feel, I understand, concerning his objectives better on the outside than I can on the inside. And, and now that I have the independence of action, it's my intention to work with everybody or against everybody, whatever the case may be, to try and get some kind of immediate solution to the problems that are confronting our people. I still believe the best thing for us to do is go back home to Africa. But while we're getting ready to go back, we've got to eat now, we've got to sleep now, we have to have some clothes now, our children have to go to school and we need some place to work. So whatever kind of action program can be devised to get us the things that are ours by right, then I'm for that kind of action no matter what the action is. I don't think when a man is being criminally treated that some criminal has the right to tell that man what tactics to use to get the criminal off his back. When a criminal starts misusing me, I am going to use whatever necessary to get that criminal off my back. And the injustice that has been inflicted upon Negroes in this country by Uncle Sam is criminal. Don't blame a cracker in Georgia for your injustices. The government is responsible for the injustices. The government can bring these injustices to heart. Okay, folks. Now, that was Malcolm X, and again, um, if any of you have any questions or comments, please feel free to press 1 on the phone line. It is not a problem. We can just stop at any time and take your question or your comment, okay? So, and I want to thank uh, the attendance to tonight. It's really good. We've got quite a few uh, area codes in the house. Thank you all for being early. Those of you who are hanging with us today as well. But just want to hit this a little bit more, this hatred. I'm going to talk about how a lot of white brothers and sisters look at us. I want to say this, folks. A lot of you don't know this, and the family is going to be shocked to hear this, but it's the honest God truth that I'm about to share with y'all. Your cousin, your brother, some of you, your uncle, uh, some of you just a friend, um, has once upon a time been a member of a white supremacist group. And I really mean that. Now, you start to say, why would you share that? I'm sharing that because I, once upon a time, had a un, probably an unnatural desire to understand the hate. And what I did is I just became a member. It's very easy. The name of this group is called WAR, White Aryan Resistance. They're online. Anybody can become a member. Okay, anybody can come in there and they'll start sending you stuff, and that's exactly what I did because I wanted to understand our brothers and sisters that are filled with this hate. I wasn't trying to infiltrate them to be to cause any kind of harm or didn't have no malice intentions. I just simply wanted education, and I did just that. I became a member. They start sending me information, and they offered to meet with me, and I declined it, of course, but. As a bona fide registered member of war, and you say, oh, that's dangerous, you're saying that. No, it's not as dangerous as not sitting back and not saying this and that and the other, speaking up for your people and all the things we need to be doing. That's what's dangerous. 
God knows my heart. He knows my intentions. And I believe that there's protection for what I attempted to do. But I can't help but to tell you guys what I learned from being a member of war, okay, back in the day. This was a good time. It's over 20 years ago. I remember being shocked by the books they read. And it don't take a whole lot of research to find it out. Go to their website and just simply start digging around, and I'm sure you can find some of the literature. A lot of the literature they read is what black people read or what they have in black bookstores that you can't see in other bookstores, like Dr. Frances Cress Wilson. I saw her in some of her books. The International Jewess was on their list. The International Jew is a book wrote by Henry Ford where it's talking about not a little music in the background. It's talking about who did, how Henry Ford did not agree that the Jews over in Israel were the true people of the Bible. Henry Ford, the automaker, yes, Henry Ford, the automaker, had issues with the people in Israel being the authentic bloodline Israel. Now, being a Jew by religion, anybody can do that, but being a Jew by bloodline, as some of the Israelis claim to be, well, most of the Israelis claim to be, Henry Ford had issues with him. He wrote a book called The International Jew. That's a part of white supremacy, their arsenal, as far as their library. But they have a lot of other books that black people read. Anything talking about the people over there not being the Jews, if you can best believe, they read it. But what gets me is, now that they know that those are not the real Jews, I'm talking about white supremacists, those that are serious, then they know who really are the real Jews. It's a whole nother conversation. But I want to talk more about the mindset of a lot of the so-called brothers in that organization and the white supremacists all over the country, all over the world. Folks, if you've been brainwashed all your life that Africa has nothing to give, like many of you are thinking right now, Africa is a shame. They just have a bunch of, like I've talked to so many of you, some of you believe that the leaders in Africa don't have, um, they don't have backbone, they're bought out, they're corrupted. How can every leader in Africa be corrupt? How can every leader in Africa family be corrupt? How can every leader in Africa just not just have all these issues you're saying? And what is so wrong about Mugabe? What was so wrong about NASA? What was so wrong about Muammar Gaddafi trying to establish a black currency, an African currency backed by gold? Meaningly, that's why he was killed. But if you ask the average black person, tell me something about Muammar Gaddafi, anything, they'll say something negative. They don't know that man was, they had, that he started, I think he was a chairman of, they, they had a UN, like, like there's a UN in New York. Well, Africa has a U.N., and Gaddafi, I think, was the chairman. And this man tirelessly worked that Africa had their own currency. And he was one of the biggest, biggest voices for African causes of all the leaders. Mugabe was another one. These people just believe in black rule, just like Japanese believe in Japanese rule, Chinese believe in Chinese rule. They just want down with the white man because they are Africans. They want their 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 side to win. But why do African Americans look at him as though we are white people? That gentleman I played earlier, David Clark, is just a sample of our mindset. David Clark is me. 
it's not me per se, but David Clark is who we are. We have that same sense. Some of us is just as sick as David Clark. We think those young boys was acting up or they didn't do what the cops say. But just because a young black male does not behave like you and I think he should, don't mean he deserves to die. So let me get more into the white mindset. And once you see this, you, I promise you, and this is what I learned. I'm telling you, as, as a member of that, that racist organization, again, it's in all kind of literature to me, and I studied those people like you were studying a chemistry classes, and I studied their every move, and I learned something. Y'all ready for this? Most of them are Christians. Most white supremacists are Christians. When you see anybody that believes that whites are superior, oftentimes what comes behind that is America is superior. Oftentimes what comes behind that is the Bible. Oftentimes what comes behind that is Christ. The Klan sing Amazing Grace at their rallies. The Klan sing Amazing Grace at their rallies. There's a lot of Christians singing at Klan's rallies when they're burning the cross. You've got to see them. You don't, don't listen to me. Just go online and you can see them live, uncut. And you'll see them holding hands. And then what's, what's with the cross? The cross is about Christ. That's what he died on. These are Christians. Now, some people say, well, that, that makes Christianity look suspect. Well, it probably do. However, it's not the true Christianity. It's a white supremacist version of Christianity. It's Christianity through the eyes of a white supremacist. I can take that same Bible and show where white skin in Bible days was frowned upon. Right, white skin. Those people was brown and dark-skinned people. There was not even a whole lot of light-skinned blacks. They were dark-skinned people, brown and dark-skinned people of the Bible days. When we began to mix with whites, we got light-skinned browns, black people, and white skin. But prior to the mixing, it was pretty much dark-skinned and brown. How do I know? It's very clear all throughout the Bible, naps, uh, 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 braided hair, hair like locks, hair like wool. This is nappy hair, y'all. People in the Bible was dark skin, very dark skin. You show me white skin in the Bible, and I'll show you where the Bible's talking about. It was a curse. It was a plague. It's like albinism, you know. You'll see an albinism plant, albinism in animals, albinism in insects, and albinism in humans. There are brothers and sisters missing pigmentation. To miss, to miss pigmentation is a form, or to not have pigmentation is a form of a curse in biblical times, not now because of Christ and what he has brought through his death, burial, and resurrection, through the, what, what the Father wrought, wrought through Christ, I should say. None of that matters. But under the old dispensation, oh, yes, you had to be covered by melanin, melanin, or else you was considered a curse. And I want to just say this about this whole topic because many of you don't know what I'm talking about right now. You think I'm going to fall off the bandwagon. But this is covered in Leviticus 13. Read it and be prayerfully read it. But more importantly, well, read it. That's important. But also look up some of the five new songs, old shows where I've talked about what I call Bible leprosy. Matter of fact, a quick way to it is just go to Google and simply type the words uh, five new songs and then Bible leprosy, and you'll get a whole lot of teaching on that, okay? 
but it's very true. I wouldn't lie to you, family and friends. Uh, white skin under the old dispensation was a curse. And furthermore, I'm going to add something that's very strong. And I know I got some white brothers and sisters. Listen, I want you all to listen to me very, very careful when I say this. Again, I don't hate white people. I don't even believe in such thing as white White as a nation, as a people. I don't believe it, don't buy it. It ain't scripture. It ain't scientifically sound. No such thing as a white person. There's only, the Father only divided people based upon region. Israelites, Jebusites, Philistine. It was region based. That's the only time he said the Israelites, this will happen to them. The Jebusites, this will happen to them. The Philistines, because they did this, this will happen to them. He never, ever in that Bible acknowledged race. Neither should you and I. So, Brother Seth, why are you saying race tonight? So you'll know who the heck I'm talking about. Otherwise, y'all won't know what I mean if I say less melanated people. But I don't believe in the concept of white and black. So that's right there cancels me from being a racist. I can never believe whites are superior to black. I think white, I think dark skin is superior to white skin because dark skin is full of melanin. When you don't have melanin, you get in trouble with the sun. People are dying left and right off our planet but by not having enough melanin. I believe that's a science thing. Okay, now that I believe. I think there's dark eyes is superior to lighter eyes because they're having more melanin. I think dark hair is superior to lighter hair because of more melanin. Mm-hmm. It's, it's something that's needed in plants and animals and every living thing on this planet. And to have more of it, you're better off. Don't listen to me, though. Who am I? Do some research on money. I'll give you a name right now, a name you'll hopefully never forget. Dr. Jewel, J-E-W-E-L, J-E-W-E-L, Pukram, P-O-O-K-R-U-M. P-O-O-K-R-U-N. And there's a lot of people that talk about melanin, but she's one of the, I believe, world authorities on melanin. And she'll break it down to you. It's, it's nothing like you think. It's a powerful, powerful. There's so much energy in melanin, it's unreal. It is not something just to protect you from the sun like some jacket or coat. No, 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 no. There's a lot of life. There is a lot of energy, uh, energies in, properties, in the properties of melanin. It's unbelievable. Dr. Uh, Pukum does this experiment where she actually is kind of like a propeller. She actually get this. You have to hear her talk about it, but she does all types of amazing things with properties in melanin. She goes on to say that it's the user to code the spaceship. To code the spaceship is a synthetic form of melanin that's coding the spaceship. Go to YouTube and check out Dr. Jewel, J E W E L L. Pukum, P-O-O-K-R-U-M. Don't listen to it now because I want you to finish what we, I want you to finish listening to what we have. But folks, I got another clip I'm gonna play for you in a second, but I just want to hit this a little harder about white supremacy uh, uh, in the minds of our, our white brothers and sisters. Again, if all your life you told Africa produced produce nothing, India produced nothing, dark skinned people in this planet produce nothing, that they're just weight. And us white men came and delivered them and gave us Jesus and gave us technology and gave us all this stuff and they just come from people. If you believe that and believe that these people are just in the way. Every once in a while, one of them or two of them will do something good like the Oprah Winfrey of the world, Michael George, every once in a while something in the body will break through. 
for the most part, they're animals. For the most part, they, that's why they're strong in us because they're more animalistic than we are. That's why they're more, you know, uh, if, you, if you buy into any of these lies, and there's thousands of them. I can't get into every single one tonight, but there's a lot of things and stuff we say about ourselves. I'm going to turn this music down because I want y'all to really hear me on this. Folks, listen. There is a lot of things that is being pushed out there that are being told about us. And these white people, Bible-toting believers, these believers, I'm talking about church folk. I'm not talking about white people that's out drinking, acting the food. I'm talking about church-growing people. Some of them are right in the middle of taking black lives. There's a reason. When good white people are killing you, you know you don't have a chance because all these people's lives, they've been brainwashed about who these black folks are. This is why I have such a beef with the churches right now. I cannot stand on most, most pastors and ministers. I cannot do them right now. Because as long as Israel, the true Jews of the Bible, identity is hid, people don't want to talk about it because they fear what whites is going to do or say or they won't be able to grow or all these, fair, all these fears that these pastors have, ministers have, until these people are known, known who they are, they have to know who they are. Value. It gives them value. We're understood once we know, once the world knows who we are. Then we are understood. Then our pain is understood. Then our misbehaving is understood. Every single thing we're doing, stupid and wise, is already documented that we will do it. Did y'all know that there are scriptures that talk about young men being out on corners? I know y'all don't know that. I know you don't know it, so I'm going to go ahead and help you out here. There are scriptures that said, your young men, check this out, have fainted. Listen to the scriptures. Your young men have fainted. Okay? Your young men have fainted. They lie at the head of all the streets. As wild bulls in it. I want everybody that's got your script, your Bible close to you. You should have it. Turn to Isaiah 51 and 20. And tell me who on God's green earth is this talking about? Now, remember, really quick, your Bible, this, these are key scriptures you must understand what I'm about to say. It's going to be really brief because I'm not going to turn this into a Bible study because a lot of you, I know that's not your thing. But we're all going to hear some scriptures that absolutely have to be covered. First one I'm going to talk about is Deuteronomy 28. Well, we talk about Isaiah 51, 20 in a second. But let me just hit real briefly, write this one down, Deuteronomy 28, 46. Deuteronomy 28, verse 46. Folks, Deuteronomy 28, verse 46 says that the blessing or curses is going to be upon Israel forever. It used the word they, and they shall be upon thee, speaking of the blessings or the curses. And they shall be upon thee for a sign, S-I-G-N, for a sign and a wonder, and unto thy seed forever. One more time. And they, speaking of the blessings of the curses, and they shall be upon thee for a sign and a wonder, 
and unto thy seed forever. One more time. This is Moses talking to the true, authentic, bloodline Israelites and telling them that if they disobey, these curses are going to be upon them forever. But if they obey, these blessings are going to be upon them forever. So if you want to know who a true Jew is, if you want to know who a true Jew is that's descended from those people he's talking to, you listen to the things he's saying is going to come upon them, the blessings or the curses. One more time, Deuteronomy 28, the most important. Important verse I'm going to quote tonight. Deuteronomy 28. Forever. Well, 2018 covers me. Mark covered in scripture. Verse 40. Before son, no one until thy seed forever. So, Jews. 
more appropriately, should be called Israelites. You don't call a whole nation after one son, Judah. So we really should say Israelites. That's why you see a lot of us, African-American people that say we Israel, or we Jews, we say we Israelites. We don't say the word Jews. So without this kind of knowledge being household knowledge among our people, what's left to explain the self-hate and the not being able to organize and not be able to come together? But you know, one of the scriptures says that you will not be able to rise. I'm going to say it again. Some of y'all didn't get that. You weren't paying attention. The scripture says, if they're in disobedience, you will not be able to rise. I'm going to say it one more time. If they're walking in disobedience as a nation, the Bible says the Father said he will not allow them to rise as a nation. So people will, why come the African Americans been in this country all this time? They can't rise up. How come all these other people can come? Because all these people, other people can come. And, and, and do the, what they do because they're not cursed as a nation. Now, some of you are Bible-toting believers, and you have trouble with that word curse, 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 because uh, in your church they say how we're not cursed since Christ has come, and they're absolutely right. Since Christ has come, and he has done away with many curses, that is true. So now all of us, Israelites included, can come to Christ, and we're blessed and highly favored, and the Father will Bless us, bless our health and bless our money and bless every aspect of our life when and if we follow the Father, we follow Christ's example. That's true. Christ has come and made that possible with obeying the Father. Actually, the Father has delivered us through Christ's obedience. That's the way you say it. That's true. But what about those Israelites that haven't accepted Christ or that are not obedient and have accepted Christ but they're not obedient? If they are Israel by bloodline, the Bible declares that they're going to continue to walk in those curses, even though there are opportunities for them to be blessed. They have to accept what the Father has done through Christ. They have to accept, some people call it accepting Christ, but it's accepting really what the Father has done through Christ, the Messiah. They have to accept it, believe it. Then they become a part of spiritual Israel. So at the same time, they're natural Israel, then they become a part of the spiritual Jew or the salvage or saved when one say I'm saved. So we're talking about police brutality. We're talking about, uh, 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 we talked a little earlier about the hatred, the disrespect that we have for our people, how that if we're doing this, of course, how can we expect others to do more? Now I'm talking about bona fide good white people. I'm talking about good white people, the kind that we marry some of us, the kind that we go to church with. I'm saying without them knowing who we are and just watching us raw in the raw without knowing why we're in prison, as the Bible prophesied would happen to Israel. The Bible says in Romans, in the book of Amos 3 and 2, and I'm trying to repeat a lot of things I said last week because I talked so fast last week, and sometimes I just need to repeat. But the Bible says in the book of Amos, chapter 3, verse 2, and I quote, Of all the nations of the earth, you have I known. Therefore, I will punish you for all your transgressions. That's Amos 3 and 2. So, Let's get back to the scripture. I know you thought I forgot. I didn't forget about the boys on the street corners. 
I know many people, I've shared this scripture sometimes, and I've had people that actually break out and cry. Can you believe that? You share a scripture and somebody actually cried. I've had people to cry when I read this scripture. Isaiah 51 and 20. Isaiah is a prophet, major prophet, as some people call him, and he is talking about of ancient Israel, the Jews. Listen to what is going on with millions of young men. This is the state of young men in Israel. This ain't one or two of them. This is the state of young men in Israel while they was in captivity, just like we are. Listen, Isaiah 51 and 20. Thy sons have fainted. They lie at the head of all streets. As a wild bull in a net. They are full of the fury of the Lord. The rebuke of thy God. One more time. Look faster. Thy sons have fainted. They lie at the head of all the streets as a wild bull in a net. They are full of the fury of the Lord, the rebuke of thy God. Let's be this. Thy sons have fainted. If they fainted like we think of the word fainted, they can't be a bull and they can't be wild. You can't be a wild bull. Bull is probably the strongest animal there is in one of them. You can't be that kind of strength and wild moving all around if you're fainting. So it can't mean fainting like we think it. Could it mean fainting in their mind or in their spirit? I believe so. Thy sons have fainted in their heart, in their spirit, in their soul. They lie at the head of all the streets. What is the head of the street? They lie at the head of all the streets. All the streets, it said. All the streets. So there was a lot of lying at the head of all the streets. But what does it mean to lie? You really think somebody's going to lay on the street like laying on the ground? Again, how can they be doing that if they're wild and a bull? Lie means whatever, whatever. The word lie means you ain't going nowhere. No time soon. If you're lying down, you're not going. We can, we can all agree when you lying, be it standing or laying or whatever, you're not moving. So they was not moving on all, and what is the head of the street? By some to it. They lie at the head of all, what's the head of the street? Everybody seen up there. I've had one person that didn't say this answer, but most people I've asked, and I've asked this question in 24 countries, pretty much, almost 24 countries. Every single person I ask say the answer to this. The head of a street is a corner. Thy sons have fainted. They lie. They hang at the corner of all the streets, and for sure they are like wild bull because they are very strong. But what is this net? Something keep catching them. Some won't let them go so only so far. That's the system. They are full of anger. Fury, if you are a wild, means anger. Look it up. They are full of the fury of the Lord. That just means anger. 
It don't mean the, the, it just just means anger. The anger of the Lord, the fear of the Lord. It just means anger. They're full of fear. They're full of anger. But this last few words, the few words is what gets me. The rebuke of thy God or the chastising of thy God or the rejection of you of thy God. This Your young man is acting like this as a punishment from God against the nation of Israel because it wasn't there for their sons. Well, what else does it mean? Okay, you don't agree with that, some of you? What what else could it mean? After I shared that with people, I've seen people literally cry. Thy sons have fainted. They lie at the head of all the streets. That's wild boys in there. But there's over 300 scriptures I have just like that where we're talking about Israel and and their children and how they're acting. Folks, I'm telling you all, Without this knowledge being common knowledge among our people, how do you expect us to be treated? Let's play Farrakhan. Listen to what he has to say. I want to play, say this right now before I bring on Farrakhan. I vehemently disagree with him. I have to say that because people are listening like, do you agree with him? It's all kind of for listening. Now, if he was right, he was right. But I happen to disagree with my brother who I love, and most of the time I agree with him, but I don't quite see it this way, but check it out. Some of it I do. Check it out, folks. There is no freedom without the shedding of blood. I'm sorry to have to say that Nonviolence is not going to bring the land back to us. Our unity will keep us from having to fire a shot. But if we are not united, the only way we're going to get what belongs to us is to make up our minds either to live to get it or die trying to get it. And when you are willing and not afraid anymore to pay the price for freedom. Don't let this white man tell you that violence is wrong. Every damn thing that he got, he got it by being violent, killing people, raping and robbing and murdering. He's doing it as we speak, and then he has the nerve to come and tell us that violence and hatred won't get it. Don't buy that. He's worthy to be hated. Worthy because of the evil that he does. God hates. I don't know why man think you're better than God when God in the Bible said he loved Jacob but he hated Esau. In the Bible he said no man can serve two masters. He'll love one and hate the other. They have made us little sheep that they can walk over and run over, but when we decide it's over, and we should make that decision, it's over. We're not taking it anymore, and we cannot pass on to another generation the legacy of our cowardice when we know the problem and won't move to erase the problem. That's our fault. We've got to change. See, one of the things that our ancient people knew, yours and mine, 
when it got to the point where they would be extinguished, they had to fight. Even if they lost, they had to fight. Okay, there you have it. That's the minister. That's that's the minister. So I just wanted to share that because some people actually, and Farrakhan is really good with regards to loving our people. I think he's good at caring about. Uh, he's he he he's got a lot of good messages, and he does very good on on trying to mobilize people. Uh, he, he's good at talking about history of our people. He's excellent at talking about um, white supremacy, showing how how sick we are mentally with this philosophy, black and white, about white supremacy. He calls whites out when they're racist. I mean, he, he does a lot of good things for this nation, within a nation, so to speak, which we definitely are, because the Bible says his eyes are always upon Israel, and he talks about them constantly as a nation within a nation. He never includes his people, Israel, where he has scattered them. Go check that out. It's biblical. And remember, whatever they went through in the Bible, Deuteronomy 28, verse 46 says what? Says what, Sam? Y'all remember? That they would repeat it over and over again. So when you see something in the ancient Bible, just know we're doing it today in 2016 because all we're doing is repeating over and over. Okay? So having said that, Farrakhan, I believe, is in the wrong on this because he says uh, they've done enough evil to be worthy of hatred. No, they haven't. They, they, they. If we gonna hate white people for their killing us and mistreating us, what do you say about black people? Uh, I don't mind, and I think this is something we gotta be very careful of. And I know some people are shocked because they think I think I believe everything Farrakhan said. Well, actually, I don't. Actually, I don't. Here's where I vehemently dis- distance myself. I don't believe they are worthy of hating. I think white supremacy is worthy of hating. I think uh, 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 a black inferiority mentality from on our part is worthy of hating. I think I, I think you hate the philosophy. Here's another thing you hate. You can hate evil spirits that I believe control our bodies and minds. Not not minds, excuse me. But who influence our minds, evil spirits I'm talking about, that speak to us. Yes, spirits can speak. All throughout the scriptures, spirits speak to humans, influence in their movement. And I think these spirits, what they do should be hated. We should be trying to we should be trying to cast them out. We should be trying to war against them. That's a hatred you can have. But to hate white people, I think that's counterproductive. White people in some cases, have stood up to white supremacy more than we have. Yes, we, yes, they have. White people have lost their life standing up to white supremacy. Yes, they have. It's true. It's very true for us. So I don't buy that. I don't buy it at all, and you shouldn't buy it. We are on a war here at Five Smooth Stone. It's a clear-cut war. Your cousin your friend, your brother, your uncle, is in an all-out war, as I believe the Father has called me to be in YouTube, against the powers of darkness that use these lies 
that use these lies, that use these lies to divide us, and that use people to try to hide a history of a mighty nation to get other people to hate them. As long as it's hid who we are, it makes sense to hate them. Um, we should love them just because they're human beings. Well, you was raised good. You was raised really good if you believe that. But everybody don't believe like that. If you constantly look like a nation, 40 million people, and you're disproportionately in prison, you know, disproportionately in jails, and you're fulfilling all of these prophecies, but nobody knows you fulfilling the prophecies because nobody knows, nobody cares to see the Bible in a correct way. You're going to cause yourself to hate you, your own people to hate you, and of course strangers to look at you and hate you. And that's what's happening. This is why I'm so against these churches. I can't do them, y'all. That's why it takes me, it's like pulling teeth to get me some time to go to my own church. Because without knowing, like Miles Monroe once said, some of y'all know he is a very powerful minister. But he said, without the knowledge of a thing, how to work a thing, how to operate a thing, abuse is inevitable. If you don't know how to operate a washing machine, you can't help but to tear it up. If you don't know how to operate a car, you're going to have a wreck in less than two blocks. If you don't know how to operate machinery at work, you can probably blow up the whole plant. All I'm saying is we as a nation of people is the most misunderstood people probably on the planet. Because there are those that seek to either hide our identity, and then when people find out our identity and why we're doing the things we're doing, because that's all connected to your identity, they don't want to speak it because of fear, because of uh, a backlash, because of a lacking of members or really money, a lacking of money, uh, decreasing membership, all these fears that these leaders have. Why are they trying to tell you to have faith? Because of this, they keep our people in bondage, and they constantly say everything. They victimize the victim. They say, young boy, should have did this, should have did that. They're getting all these excuses for white people abusing us and black people abusing us, and they are going to have to answer to God for that. This ain't the best. This ain't the most important message in the church. This ain't the whole gospel, what I'm saying, but this is a part of it. And I don't care who you are, sooner or later, you're going to have to come down this street of information. You're going to have to deal with this information. So I want to talk a little bit about the solution. Uh, you heard Farrakhan. He's talking about, you know, they're worthy of hate. I disagree. If you start hating them and making them your enemy, Guess who's going to escape? Evil spirits. They're the culprit. Guess who's going to escape? 
the philosophy of white supremacy. You'll still have blacks practicing with that same warped, demonic mindset, oppressing each other, young boys killing each other, which is the number one murderers of young black males. You'll continue to have that. That's why I don't understand why a lot of black people, a lot of our brothers and sisters don't want to talk about this when I don't get it. I don't get it, family. Uh, the number one killers of our people is our people. You know, so while I'm I'm definitely not down with no cops coming in and killing us, please know your cousin on that. But how are you going to ignore right now somebody in this country just took a life? That's an killing just about a second. And again, the, the abuse, some of y'all are involved in the abuse. I know I have been. I'm going to say it again. I have been involved with the abuse along with white people because I have housed the philosophy of white supremacy. The whites do things better. Their white, the, the white thought is better. Their white culture is better. Preferring white this and white that, you know, uh, looking at blacks uh, in an inferior position, uh, uh, looking at African America, Africa in an inferior position. If you hate Africa, folks, this is good. This this is a good one. I, I cannot believe I thought to say this like this. Check this out. This might be something you want to write down. If you hate Africa, if you disrespect Africa, if you don't reverence it and keep it up there with one of the greatest things you know, if you don't respect it like you did your own mama, you have bought into this system of white supremacy that ignores this entire continent. And every time it brings it up in history, it brings it up with all types of negativity. You, my friend, are a student of white supremacy. And that's most of us. I, I can't say I do because now I, I honestly do respect it, but for many years of my life, I didn't look at Africa and the glamour and the glory that it really has as mother, mama in the motherland it is, and the, the place where, the, as the Bible says, it, there is gold. You know, I didn't look at it like that. The places of the most resources on the planet is more resources than the continent of Africa and all of the other continents put together. I didn't look at it like that. And I don't want you to look at it as a place of history. I didn't know that. Uh, the, 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 the black man, I can't think of his name, but he created the super fast computer. There was a black man that broke the barrier. You know, our computers work at a certain speed. But an African Nigerian came up with the fastest computer to this date. Nobody has touched his, the speed of his computer. And now we use that technology into computers of today. And this is where we get the speed from, from this Nigerian. But that's just one. You know, and I hate to put it out there like that because it's so, it's like one man, but there's thousands of inventions and and just just cultures that come out after that is just mind-boggling. They're the most spiritual people on the face of the earth. Just far more spiritual anywhere, including China. Chinese is known to be spiritual, but Africans have been known, I mean, until we see the glory, the kind of things, like I said, they talked about in, in hidden colors, folks, you don't know Africa. Until you, until you, you don't know history. And sad to say, you don't know yourself. You are a white man. We are white people. 
in black bodies learning, learning to be black or dark or African. We are Americans. It's an invention. It's a new kind of people, you know, built by the Masons, Masonry, Washington, D.C., laid by Masons, Constitution wrote by Mason, Masonry. The Illuminati, as Gary, uh, Brother Elishua last week pointed out, laid and founded this country. This is almost like an experience. This is an ungodly place. Somebody said it like this, and I thought this was profound. Every other nation on the planet Earth has spiritual, a spiritual foundation like uh, Islamic nations. They have the Quran, and they live by it. And they, their government is really set by the Quran. Everything about it. Every nation is like the India has its belief system, and their government is set by, by it. America don't have that root. They say it was founded by God. They say all that, but, I mean, they try to have church on Sunday. That means the Sabbath and all that. But we are godless people that say in God we trust in all. We talk a lot of God to God that. But we don't, we're not like Islamic countries where the dress code is based from the, from the Quran. The way we look at technology is based from the Quran. The way we govern ourselves based from the Quran, whatever it says what we're doing, we don't, we don't, the Bible's not like that with our nation. You know, those people, they have never changed. They base everything from the Quran. We don't live like that, family. This nation has a very greed-centered, capitalistic way of life. It's an invention. It's a, it's it's a, uh, no substance to us as a nation. We have spiritual substance. So and I'm not hitting this like I want. We can talk about this some people. I I encourage every single one of you on the sound of my voice to go and check out some of five two songs old messages where he talks about the new world order. But we really hit this a little harder. So. I want to uh, uh, just hit a little harder that this good Christian white uh, white brothers and sisters, good Christian folks that wouldn't steal, go to church every day, um, pay taxes. I want to talk about those racists, those that are not even aware that they're practicing racism. There's some called paternalism, paternalism, where you are you are racist, but you like you you feel like you know what's best for the black people. You're not the kind of want to hang them, um, tar and feather them. You're not the kind of want to bring any type of body injury. You just want those white people that feel like you know what's best. You always anytime black people come around you, you're always leading them, guiding them. You're like that. Okay, that's the people I want to talk about right now. Now, folks. <laughs> Paternalism racism is just as bad as the other racism because with this racism, you don't grow. The black, the person, the African-American, uh, the non-white person, the melanated person, whatever you want to call them, they don't grow because of this controlling spirit of this good white person called this paternal, paternalism racism. 
paternal racism. Y'all bear with me here. I'm going to look this up because I want y'all to get this word down, clear cut, so you'll understand this. Now, a white gentleman actually was one of the ones that wrote a book on this and uh, should have got a whole lot of play, but it didn't. Um, but it is a legitimate word, and uh, it's serious. It's serious. It's called paternalistic racism, paternalistic racism. And, again, this is racism where white people are good, good people. They mean well. They mean well. They want to always lead you, always guide you. They'll fight for you. They'll even laugh at you, but you're going to be, like, under their tutelage all the time. No matter if you have a master's degree, you're going to always be under them. And blacks, you know, because they feel the love from them, just kind of submit to it, but it's control. And you know control of the body is as a witchcraft. Powerful, powerful, wicked stuff here. Okay, so let's talk more about this good white person. And if the good white person is guilty, you know the black person is the same. All of us is victims, and most of us, I should say, is victims of white supremacy. This thing is very subtle. Again, and I want to back up just for a second and uh, just, again, define what is white supremacy. Now, I had not said this in a while, but you're listening to a special show where we're talking about the police shooting, but we're getting deep into this, and uh, we're going to switch gears here and talk about the solution, but I don't think we understand the problem because I don't think a lot of y'all ever heard of paternal racism. you never heard of it. I know some of y'all never heard of it. You probably got white all around you. It's practicing. You never thought of it, but all you notice is you don't grow around them. You can never grow because it's a control. It's like, it's like a mother-in-law or a mother just controlling you, control, control. You can never grow. It's, it's demonic. It's from the devil. It's evil, and it will kindle you. It, the Bible says the thief comes up to steal, kill, and destroy. As long as you have this type of racism, there's some stealing going on, killing on, and destroying. It, I'm serious. But uh where was I going to go with that? Um, and, again, folks, we are taking a question on the phone line. If you have a question or comment, I would love to uh, hear that. Press one on the phone lines. I'm watching the phone lines. I know I've been kind of moving around, but I'm now looking at the phone line. If you have questions, please press one on the phone line. Again, we're talking right now about good white people. Bible told me those that love the Lord, and, I mean, I'm not playing, not being facetious. I'm talking about people that really love the Father how they are practicing a very damnable thing on their African-American brothers and sisters every day and don't even know it because of the philosophy of white supremacy where they are taught constantly white this is better, white better, white better, white rule is better. And it's in every tiny aspect of life, family. It's in every arena of life. It's white supremacy. It's in every tiny education, history, uh, entertainment is, is in every, if there's human, there is this philosophy of white supremacy, where whites are not good enough to play the leading role in the movie, in history, whitewash, you don't talk about Africa and all, and all, in history, they make all of the civil rights leaders seem like there was the problem, like they was the devil, or they was the ones with the issue, in history, they make black people look like they're always, never contributed to anything, but Something silly. We always in history. We always talk about how the whites always was the one that was the smartest. Again, ignoring thousands and thousands of literature of India and all types of melanated people all over the world. They ignore it just to focus on the history of Europe and America. How 
how God is going to judge them for this evil. And when you when you blackball or what's the that's not the word look for when you do this to a people, you cripple millions of people. And then they spread their doctrine to their children, their children, children. I'm telling you folks, you don't need white people around, racist white people around to oppress you. Your own people will oppress you when they have this type of education. And unfortunately in our colleges, y'all pay some of us pay you know, thirty, forty, fifty, sixty, seven, eighty thousand dollars for schooling, get that bachelor degree or that master's, and you don't know a hill of beans about Africa or what any melanated people are doing over the world. You are professional white supremacists at this point. I'm not saying you're not gonna go do nothing great. I'm not gonna say you're not gonna be able to help our people. I'm not gonna say the father's not gonna be happy with many things you do. But when it comes down to talking about African Americans, you may even see some good things. You may even have a a healthy perspective about African Americans, but God's gonna have to give it to you another way. Because when you look at history, you're gonna look at it like a white man. You're gonna look at it, you're gonna you're gonna look at it through let me say this wrong, I said that's wrong. When you look at history, you're gonna look at it through the eyes of a white supremacist. It could be any color. You're gonna look at it through white glory, white accomplishments, white is better. And that's enough, folks. If y'all understood white skin in the biblical times, like I said, and how they looked at it, you would just hold your head down. You would just be, you would just say, I can't believe I thought the way I think about white skin. In biblical times, it was frowned upon. Hey, it was a part of a plague because these people lacked pigmentation. Later on, as hundreds of years developed, uh, albinos, begin to mix with other people. And that's right, I said it, to lose pigmentation is albinism. Y'all know that. Well, these people at one point was millions of people in the caves of Europe. When they began to mix with other people, this is true. They left from Africa. We're talking about albino people missing pigmentation, oppressed by the Africans, and they started migrating up north. This is your history. This is your real history. That kind of you know, you don't get in college, but those Africans begin to mistreat like they're doing to this very day in Tanzania, those albinos, and they begin to migrate and go into climates more conducive, more better for their condition. And they become millions of people, and they stay in those caves and hills in Europe. It's very true about the cavemen. That's true. But while there was cavemen in Europe, and all that was was people that wasn't civilized, I think it was up for so many thousands of years, they come out of mighty people haven't been educated by the Moors that went up there. This is true history. I mean, how y'all think we got these various colors, okay? You just, you just can't say there was no sunlight. Well, India, <laughs> well, some of the stuff they tell us is just so crazy. I don't know why or how we don't go somewhere and just think for ourselves. The stuff that makes sense that we're in a cold climate, that's what contributes to white skin. That's what contributes to to them being light. Well, if that's the case, and remember, Indians, white people have noses like Indians, white people have hair like Indians, white people have lips like Indians in India. If it's true, how do they have white-skinned children and they're in hot India and they've been having millions of babies like that for many, 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 many years? And when, remember, when an Indian have an albino, I hope y'all listening tonight because I'm firing hard as I can. 
And Indians have albinos with that white skin and the small nose and, and, and uh, 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 hair like Europeans or Europeans have hair like them, however you want to put it, because India, India is much older than in, in Europe. But when the Indians have albinos, you can tell them from a white person. I mean, I did shows on this. Again, go to Google, type in the word blog talk radio, then type the word Bible leprosy, and you hear me go into details on this. But when Indians have albinos, you cannot tell them from a white person. You can't, family, friends. You can't tell them. So if white skin comes from cold conditions, how do you get that bonafide 100% looking European in India that was born under the hot sun? India have lots of white-looking people. You cannot tell. You can, you can place them in Europe. So if it's true, white skin only comes from cold climates, how does India produce that? Go figure. I know. I know. I know a lot of you thinking right now. So these are the kinds of things the Father showed me. Why? Because I got interested in it. Some of you are going to never grow in this area. You're never going to know. You're going to continue to stay in the world mindset of white supremacy because you're fearful of this topic, you don't want to talk about this topic, you feel like it's too militant, and so you'll never really know. How are you going to know if you don't even require an ask of God? The Bible says you have not because you ask not. And some of you ask, but you ask in this, but you may consume it upon your own lust, meaning some things you ask for, you're not even ready for, you're just greedy, you know, you're not, you can't handle it. So all I'm trying to say is, like a person's husband, you know, you're trying to steal somebody else's husband, some of you ask I'm going to repeat the scripture. I'm going too fast. The Bible says, some of you have not because you ask not. And some of you have asked. Let me look that up because I want y'all to think I'm making up stuff. Some of you ask and you have not because you ask a myth that you might consume it upon your own lust. Okay? And that is found in um, James Four and three, James four and three. So you gotta ask the Father for this knowledge. You gotta be inquiring about. It. You gotta want it. And because I'm telling you, family and friends, we are white supremacists. All of us. I mean, I have met lots of smart people, master's degree, PhD. But until you come into the knowledge and love, truly love the motherland. I mean, love, because this is your foundation. If you can't love the motherland. You have that hatred, that disrespect. You might not hate it like hate Africa. You might not have a, a, that kind of energy like that. But until you love her, love it, this is your foundation. This is where you come from. How can you not love it? You're not going to love something you don't know nothing about. So until you have reconnected with your mother, you have that, that disrespect birthed out of white supremacy. And this is why we have such hatred or disrespect, impatience for dark-skinned people. This is the same with India. You don't you look at Indian like ask them. You know you don't want to go to Calcutta, do you? You don't want to go to New Delhi, do you? You don't want to go to India, do you? Matter of fact, the only black places you want to go. If you be honest with yourself, family and friends listening tonight to Five News Phone, this special show, 
if you be honest with yourself, the only black places you want to go, like Belize and Jamaica, is after whites put their stamp of approval by with the commercials and all that. Until white people start going there with a bunch of commercials and you see them in the bikini smiling, you don't have no part of it. That's because you bought into the philosophy of white supremacy. That's all it is. You shouldn't need white commercials and white people saying it's safe for you to believe it's safe. There's all kind of African places, destinations you go to, ain't no, ain't no killing, ain't no murder. There's thousands of African destinations that's far more beautiful than any other place you can go to on this planet, and they don't have no well, because they've been brainwashed, and they've been showing all these images on TV. And I can't blame some of us. I mean, we're human beings, and we trust. We trust the media. And we see stuff going on, you know, and what kills me is when we get Africans over here, you got to understand that some Africans that don't want to come here, I like to talk to them, but the ones that are breaking their necks to come here, you got to understand what you're dealing with, okay? After all they see on TV, they still want to come here. So they, they're not knowledge of stuff too much to be breaking their neck, doing something that they want to come here, not knowing who they are. I can understand they're here and they're trying to send money back to build up their home and they have pride, but a lot of Africans, that's not where they're at. So all I'm saying is when they come here, they don't know no more history of the next nation, neighboring nation sometimes than what we know. Why? Because they're full of white supremacy. They're listening to the same program. They listen to CNN. They listen to ABC. They read the same books. They traveling here trying to get the education over at Harvard. Yeah, they're getting the same germ, and they have the same disrespect for the motherland, and they live in the motherland. They come here. And they tell us stuff like, oh, it's hard, it's really hard, it's this. I know there's certain challenges in a lot of these small countries. Countries, it's easy to have coups where they try to take over. I understand all of that, but they don't tell you who's behind the coups. Who, who, who is trying to, who's providing weapons to this side and that side? They don't tell you that. It's America. It's the same country that we're in love with, that we're killing ourselves to be a part of. Family, all I'm saying tonight is this. The police shooting is normal. I hate it. I'll always hate it. I'll always fight. I'll always shoot them. But I have to be honest. We start shooting these young people before they're shot by the police. We started harming these young people before they're harmed by the police. We started taking their life slowly before their life is taken and they put six feet under Again, a lot of our young people are acting out in the streets, acting like they have no sense because of the rejection they feel from mom and dad, society. We don't love black males. We don't love them. We don't love them. We don't love them. I'm sorry. It's the truth. It's just the truth. It is the truth anyhow. And the reason why we don't love them, a lot of us, is because we have the mindset of a white person. The white person have the mindset of white supremacy. We all taught the same lie in the same schools. So a solution, the solution, I mentioned some already, is very short. We want to spend more time on the solution because it's so simple and so short. I've been talking about the solution all along, folks. Again, educating yourself about who you are, finding out who we are. I've been talking about the solution since 9 o'clock, really. we got to find out who we are. 
not just. In the spirit is the most important thing. What happened when Christ died on the cross with the Father birthed in us the new creation? That is important. We can't belittle that. You know, that is 1,500 times more important than anything we can be in the flesh. But before you can even get to that, you got to have enough knowledge about self to even want this God. And that's another reason why a lot of these young boys don't even let you talk about the new creation, the new creation of Christ, because they ain't got no holler for Christianity because it's whitewashed. They see that. They see the white images, and they don't want to hear nothing about no new creation in Christ. So you're not going to get a chance to give them the, 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 the gem stone because they don't, they, they see the white supremacy in the whole Christianity. But I must, again, say this, that our identity in Christ supersedes anything I can ever say on this blog that we accomplished in the flesh. I only talk about it because there is information in our head about who we are in the flesh, and it's wrong, and it's causing us to self-destruct. So what I'm doing is I'm working hard to convert that part of our thinking to where we'll stop the self-destruction. But don't get me wrong. Even once you know who you are in the flesh, even once you know who you are in the contributions of African motherland, all the melanated people all across the world, you still need a Savior. You still have to know and trust what the Father did through Christ on Golgotha Hill when he died. For our sins, past, present, and future, you have to accept the Father through Christ, and you have to um, follow his commandments, as you will experience death somewhere along the lines in your life. You will be walking, experiencing the dead, death, sin, and sin coming for this death, as the scriptures say. So the solution is... First and foremost, getting into a harmonious relationship with the Father. And again, we have to you know who Christ is, know who the Father is, that I read in the scriptures. I would, start, I would recommend everyone in front of my voice, even those of us that are already in, we feel like we're already believers, we should be listening to the scriptures if we can't read and read the scriptures. Okay, some of us look at a television broadcast where folks are preaching the word, that's good. But, uh, However you get it, get the word. And understand what the Father is saying, what he's doing, what he's saying. And I really like goodness on our one. You know, the ministry on TV is good, but what happens if they miss it? So we gotta, we should still listen, though, because none of us are island to ourselves. But I feel like we should be pursue the Father, ask him to reveal to us who he is by his spirit. His spirit, Christ said, Believe and guide us into all truth. Then you want to know what is the truth? What is the truth? What is the truth? Well, the Holy Spirit is the lead and guide us into all truth. And he is going to lead and guide us even to the, to the exposure of what this demon, this, this evil concept called white supremacy is that's got us killing our, our boys slowly or the cops killing them in a fast manner. The murdering of these young black men can be stopped through following the Holy Spirit. It's just that simple. Don't take what I'm saying uh, lightly, family. Don't don't take it lightly what I'm saying. I'm very, very serious. I'm gonna say it again. The murdering slowly of African American men 
because we are killing them slowly with our rejection. Our, um, and I'm not saying we should ever approve of the foolishness they're doing. I'm not talking about accepting that. No, 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 I'm not. No, no, I'm not. I'm saying always hate that. But we got to love the people. We got to love, hate the sin, love the people. Hate the sin, love our youth. And I'm not just talking about our youth only. I'm talking about whites as well. I'm not, I'm just basically talking about love tonight. We just got to, you know, ain't no way around it. We've got to love people. Folks. That's why I disagree with Farrakhan. I hardly ever do because normally I'll never see him that come that strong. But um, he is he was wrong today, you know. So uh, I want to play a little fun here, and I'm going to come back and close out the show, but I want you all to hear this uh, clip here, and then I want to come back and, sh- and close out the show. I'm going to just take a little, play, uh, a little break here and just play a song that that's, that's dear to me, and uh, also I need to, 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 to take a little short little break here, too. But, um, folks, I'm telling you all, it's not that complicated. Uh, the solution is not that complicated, and it's what I'm saying is very powerful. I'm kind of quiet tonight. I'm not really raising my voice, but nevertheless, this is a strong solution. We have got to know who we are as a nation, and then we have the love and the disrespect for our, the, the love and the respect for our young people. They'll feel that, and that love will cause them to act a little different in public, and perhaps, you know, when they cop the pull over, because a lot of times these cops are killing these boys, even though they seem to very die, no matter what, again, again, they don't even really die. I don't care what they do, unless they're trying to threaten the police officer life. They ain't trying to threaten the police officer life. They don't need to do that. I don't care what they, I don't care if they're cussing out a cop, I don't care if they're even swinging at a cop. I wouldn't say swing because swing could be a form of, you know, defense. I wouldn't say that, but I mean all the verbal abuse that cops are are encountering is just a part of the job. So once we can love them, we can't even love them until we know them, know who they are, know what we're looking at when we're looking at these dark-skinned people. We are looking at our young people through the eyes of white supremacy. That's why we don't respect them. We just don't value our own black life. You see our women, they don't value a lot of their black life. They don't value black-skinned people. They, we don't value our black hair. We don't value our eyes. We don't value our nothing. We want, we want blonde eyes. We want blonde hair. We want all, any other kind of hair, any other kind of eye. You don't see a lot of whites and Indians and other cultures doing that. There's something inherently wrong with the way our women think. It's white supremacy. Whites are the one that benefits from white supremacy for a season, so they don't have to do all that changing. But black people are trying to be white. And it's, you know, you see all these, these black professions, young men, talking weird, talking funny, talking naval. Why do you do that? What makes you put, put all that energy and changing your entire speech to sound a certain way? And you're laughing and things ain't funny and they want to be accepted so bad. And that's normal to a certain degree because we're humans. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be accepted by your peers, but not at the expense of other black people. I'm mistreating other black people just so you can be funny and clever. This is the psyche of a white supremacist, a white man in a black body. And when they become professionals or lawyers, if if, this, if they become a sheriff or a police, that's a recipe for danger. A white young man, a white 
uh, a white man, a black man with a white soul, and then a young person who had no value for themselves, they look at themselves like whites look at themselves. That's a recipe for disaster, and that is what's happening. It is a disaster. Black cops are abusing African-Americans, and they just African-American males. It's African-American females, African-American elders, African-American. It's just black people in general are disrespected by them themselves without nobody around. They disrespect themselves without nobody around because of the self-hate, lack of knowing who they are. And then once they come in contact with another African-American, that's disrespect to disrespect. Now, sometimes you run to somebody who, who God and who saved and delivered and, and working with them through the Holy Spirit, and they have the health itself. I don't have like none of us value it, but I'm telling you, I've seen it. Even with well-meaning blacks that work with children and, and go to church, I see the self-hating them. I see it. it. I've studied this thing for so long. I can detect self-hate even among black people that think they love black people. They do. Not that they don't love them, but even in their love, I can see warping I can see little things they say to these people they love that's damaging. And these are the people they will give their life for. I'm going to say it again. There are black people. Good, meaning, well, Christian black people that would give their life to some of the kids they work with, but they tell them things and they do things to them that de- that depreciate their, the value of them all day long. I see it the way they talk to them. You know how you know people still saying the word nigger. You know I'm talking to people they love and care for. We are sick as a nation without our identity, knowing who we are. It's impossible. It's impossible for you to be able to do wonderful things to ourselves, to treat us with the value that God gave us without our identity being intact. Got to wrap up the show. Got to wrap up the show, family. Um, It's so much. It's so much I could talk about. But I'm going to wrap it up. Um, this is a song that's saying, Be ye steadfast. This is a scripture. The Bible calls us, commands us to do that, to be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in what is good. First Corinthians 15 and 58, family. First Corinthians 15 and 58 says, Therefore, my brethren, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. It's just simply saying keep doing the right thing, stay steadfast, don't be, be unmovable, stay focused, keep, keep hitting at itself. Keep hitting at it, brothers and sisters, listen to me. Keep trying. Just because you discover you have white supremacy in you, that don't mean God can use you. That don't mean that you're not promoting love. It don't mean that people don't feel your love. They feel your love. They're just being warped. That's why we just need the Bible, the word to cleanse us in our actions and our mentality because we are sick as a human family. As humans, we are sick, and it's easy to promote, like I said, paternal racism, all these various forms of racism. 
And I would never be the same until we understand the value of Africa. And there's Africans that are doing the value, and they still need. They still need. They still need a Messiah. They still need to, 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 to follow the Father for further cleansing. Maybe they have a healthy self-esteem of black. Like Mugabe, he loves Africa. But you can't hate whites, you can't hate humanity, and you can't be following, you have to follow all of the laws. White supremacy is just one, you know, there's other isms, there's sexism, there's rape, there's uh, religion, wars with religion, there's all types of ills in our world. So tonight we talked about one, white supremacy. I thought I would do a show just for this topic because it just is so huge. Last week I shared something called Expo 30 where I talked about the 30 areas affected. So anyway, I'm going to play you a song, Be Steadfast Movable, Always Abound the Work of the Lord. Next week, I want to say this to the Douglas Kennedy Family Fans Network. Next week, next week, next week, we will pick back up uh, with the show. And uh, those of you of uh, Five New Stones, the friends of Five New Stones, just know. It may not be next week. It may be, though. We'll start doing programs. We'll uh, pick up two more shows on Monday. We'll do a show. And on Friday. And I know right now Friday is going to be dealing with the New World Order. We'll talk about various things going on in our world that just blow the minds off the average person. We'll go back and going deep with the New World Order. And then probably on Monday, we'll deal with race and white supremacy origin of white skin and all of those things we'll talk about on Monday, okay? So, again, five smooth songs, ten to five smooth songs, y'all should be pretty excited about now, knowing that that's coming, okay? Love every single one of y'all, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. Check out this song by the Florida Mass Choir. It's an old one, but goody, listen to the word, and be ye steadfast, like it says, unmovable, always Always abound in the work of the Lord. Don't 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 stop, family. Keep swinging. Keep swinging. Good night. Oh, what I see the thing. 